Welcome back to another Quick Hits Conversation. Today I want to have a conversation about conversation. So what makes for a good conversation? Steve, let us, what do you think? Start us off. Um, what a meaty conversation to be having. Um, I think engagement. We were, we, you know, we've spoken in the past about being engaged in the conversation and being self-aware um, would be the two factors that I'd pitch in. First of all, there's a lot more. And I'm sure uh, the three of you will have other ideas or additional ideas. But I think that you have to, first of all, decide you're going to be engaged. The, co the topic has to be something that you have some connection with. And you have to be acutely aware of what other people are saying in order for the conversation to be in the least bit effective. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, uh, it's a really important point is, for me, I've learned probably the hard way over the years that uh, good conversations are much more about listening than they are speaking and listening means way more than just what's going in here there's kind of a lot of non-verbal stuff happening um when i say i've learned that the hard way it's because sometimes i have this kind of excitable tigger like tendency if a conversation is really interesting to me where i'm like oh ooh, ooh, i need to tell them this thing that's just come to my which can kind of dominate things a little bit or get in the way of me really listening to what's coming back from other people that I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, there's a lot of give and take in a good conversation and you have to be willing to come out of a conversation with a slightly different perspective than you went into it mm. because otherwise you're just kind of pitching people and that's no fun. You want to learn, you want to grow and you want to ask questions and that's what makes it interesting. That is an incredibly important point because we'll all go in with our own per, our personal biases, well, our, our, our personal positions into a conversation that we're interested in. And we have to, if it's going to be anything, if it's going to be entertaining or enlivening or, or effective or, or productive in any way, we have to be prepared to change our viewpoint. So change our bias. If we just say, you know, here I am and this is me and this is my argument and you never shift from that, what's the point of having the conversation? Right. So how much of it is the ability to read the other people engaged in the conversation? My sister and I talk about this sometimes because we're from very large family. And so we have a tendency to do what we call asides in conversations where someone will be talking and we'll insert something that's like six sentence, six words long, just really short. And we don't want them to stop talking. They keep talking. I'm just going to insert this right here. And a lot of people can't do that especially on Zoom, it's hard. So how much of it is the ability to read the other person and if they're engaged in the conversation? I think Gareth's point, Gareth's point is, is really well made, that a lot of what we get, a lot of the cues that we get non-verbally are critical. And therefore, listening with all your senses is much, much more important than perhaps just hearing the words. Hmm. Yeah, 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 that's, that's all about tuning in. Yeah. And picking, picking up the subtle cues in terms of whether they're engaged or not and whether you should continue having a conversation if it's productive for them. Mm. That's very hard on Zoom, I find. Um, yeah. Much, much harder than in person because you're, you're missing so much of the nonverbal uh, communication. Yeah. So said that, it's, it, we're, we're, kind of sh we're, we're focusing on the things that we can see and mm. hear much more. We're, we're kind of, it's like the... the the guy who loses his sight and his hearing becomes improved or, you know, that, that sort of sensory deprivation allowing the other senses to come to the fore, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point because with, uh, say, Zoom and similar platforms, I noticed there's this tendency to kind of wait turns. It mm -hmm. almost, 
I wouldn't describe it as formal necessary, yeah. necessarily, but there's this kind of sequencing thing happening, which occasionally doesn't work fully, like a moment ago when Steve hadn't quite finished and I went, uh, there's occasionally like we'll trip over each other, but it, I find it's a lot more almost deferential, like I'll let you finish your bit and then I'll wait for the natural pause so I can say my thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, part of that is because on Zoom, if more than one person talks at once, you can't hear it. Whereas if you're in a room together, I don't know about how it is for you guys, but if I'm in a room, I can hear multiple conversations and insert into different ones. On Zoom, that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I, I was uh, talking to somebody who'd been on a, a forum uh, and there was something in the order of 100 people there and then they'd broken out into syndicates. And the syndicate this guy John was in, um, the, the, the facilitator insisted on unmuting everybody because he wanted interruptions. And the net result was nobody heard anything. Mm -hmm. it was Whereas if it's, if it's a big group or even, you know, even a group as, like this or even uh, or slightly larger, there needs to be some level of facilitation. Mm -hmm. You know, even in just in the sense that you get the ball rolling, Robin, by saying, you know, who's going to start or Steve, will you start or whatever, mm -hmm. that level of facilitation just makes it easier to pace the conversation. And and when things are rushed or, uh, or, or there's a steamroller person in there that just wants to bully everyone out of the way, then the conversation isn't going to be good. It's not going to be productive. So we're saying if a, if a conversation isn't engaging the best way to fix it is have a facilitator. That's not always an option when you're one-on-one -on -one with someone or whatever. So if you're having a conversation and you feel like either you're not engaged or the other person's not engaged, is that a cue to just walk away and give up on it? Or is there something you can do to fix it? It's, it's interesting. One -to -one. I, I had failed to think about one-to-one -one conversations in the, t in the context of this conversation, mm. which is crazy for a coach, right? But in a one-to-one -one situation, the level of engagement you can see when people want to interrupt when they want to speak when they want to hit you you can see the language going on and therefore because you're you're focused on that one person mm -hmm. whereas if it's a bigger group it's harder Gareth. and part of that is, is 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 figuring out what the other person where they are in what they need in figuring out if they have some other burning issue or some other thing going on that needs to be addressed because you might need to talk about that first before you can have a useful conversation. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree, Jim. Um, I'm reading a really good book at the moment on difficult conversations. And the thing that I found fascinating, if I kind of like rewind to where we started, a conversation about conversations, which to me felt very meta and appealing intellectually. Yeah. What the book talks about is there's a third conversation in every conversation that's being had. So let's say it's a one-to-one, -one. you've got your version or experience of, of the thing that's happened. The other person has theirs and the trick that often doesn't uh, get done properly in conversations is to help both of you tune into that third conversation. So in other words, to explore the differences between those two versions of the truth, air quotes, mm -hmm. and use that as a basis for learning, sharing and problem solving 
if required. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that often makes for an effective conversation. So you don't need a facilitator there to do that. Although I absolutely agree, Steve's point is a very valid one. Facilitators make this happen really well. If, if either or both of you in the conversation can have that awareness about that third conversation and try and be almost like a shepherd to navigate you towards what might be the differences between the thing that you're talking about, that's where the magic happens, I think. Yeah, I've been, as a coach, I've been invited to sit in on conference calls and back in the day, conference rooms with executives and, and just observe their conversation and help them pay more attention to that, as you call it, third conversation. And I think that's a really good point. So how do you do that? How do you have the mental capacity to have a conversation, be engaged in a conversation and tune into the fact that the other person may be having a different conversation with you? I think it's, a, I guess, a few, um, I don't want to call them tricks, even though I just did, uh, a few things that you could look out for, right? So uh, say we're talking about something at work and um, the, the job holder that I'm talking to has a difference of opinion about uh, something that's happened at work. My job, to try and answer your question, Robin, my job is to try and explore that with them, to step into their world first and foremost. That's the thing that I'm most interested in. And then play back a bit like a coach would, what I'm noticing. Hey, that sounds like it's really important to you. I, I can see that you, you you seem frustrated about that. Tell me a bit more about you know, why that was frustrating. To explore that way, way, way ahead of there. And here's my experience mm. of that incident. That happens later and it only happens after that person has got all their stuff out and feels heard and understood then and only then can you bring in how you were feeling how you saw things how you may have contributed to this problem if it's a discussion about a problem to then try and work out how do these two things fit together like what are the things that we can pull out of that third story in the middle to help us improve do better solve a problem learn from this experience so that we maybe don't do it in the same way again yeah, and I feel like, and we're right at time, so I'm going to have to wrap us up, but I do feel like rather than saying you're not listening to me, saying I'm not feeling heard is so much more effective if you're going to have a good conversation. So I want to thank you guys for having this conversation about conversations with me, and we'll do it again very soon. See you later. Thanks. Bye-bye.